Hello and welcome to the Fan Team Focus Game Week Review Podcast. My name is Sean, I can be found as FFThinker on Twitter and today, a little bit something different to what we usually do, instead of looking at the uh, game week that's just gone, I thought we'd look, with it being a third of the season through, I thought we'd just look at the stats year to date, so look at the best men to target for the 90 minute bonus points, look at those that have a lot of shot on targets and then just look at the teams in general in terms of their performance over the last four game weeks as well to get an idea of which teams to target over the Christmas period. So starting with Arsenal, in terms of the 90 minute men, they don't actually have that many that have played the full 90. The best performers are Aubameyang and Smith-Rowe who have played seven of the 12, um, but they've also played four of the last six for the full 90. Um, In terms of shots on target, they have had, Aubameyang has had 13 with Smith-Rowe 10, so they those two look to be the two to target from an Arsenal point of view. And over the last four game weeks, they've had 23 shots on target. Um, and their non-penalty XG is 5.42, both of which are fairly middling in terms of the stats for the whole league. And if we look at their fixtures coming up um, till the end of December, they've got Newcastle at home up next, which is obviously a really good fixture. They've then got Manchester United away, which given the current situation, you don't really know how that's going to go. They've then got a run of Everton, Southampton, West Ham, Leeds, Norwich and Wolves. So in December, they look a really good team to target. Um, Ramsdale in goal, I think, is doing really well at the moment as well. Um, he's quite cheap in the game. And then, as we've discussed, Aubameyang and Smith-Rowe look to be the two most nailed um, from the 90-minute point of view. So we'll probably do the best over that period as well. Moving on to Aston Villa. Um, the 90-minute men so far this season, the two best are John McGinn, who has played the full 90 in 10 games, and he's played seven of the last seven. He's played the full 90. And then Ollie Watkins, who's played nine uh, full 90-minute matches, all of which were the last nine, so he looks really nailed. Um, I think he looks the best attacking option for Aston Villa. When you look at the shots on target they've had this season, Watkins has had 11. The next best is Danny Ings, who's had six. So I think he really is a good option. In terms of the last four game weeks, they've had 15 shots on target, which is sort of quite low. Um, and their non-penalty XG is 4.37, which again is probably a little bit below average. Um, so although they're not firing um, exactly how you'd like them to, they obviously have got the new manager in Steven Gerrard. So hopefully that has a bit of a pick-me-up. They scored two goals at the weekend, which hopefully proves they're going in the right direction. The only thing that is a slight negative for Aston Villa is their fixture run. So they've got Crystal Palace away up next, but then it's Man City at home, Leicester at home, Liverpool away, Norwich away, Burnley at home, so good two fixtures there. But then they go into Chelsea at home on Boxing Day. So very up and down. I think Watkins is probably fixture-proof in the fact that you are going to get 90 minutes from him. So you're going to get three points guaranteed with hopefully a shot on target. So that's 3.4. Uh, if, for defensively, if you can get someone that rotates well with another team, someone like Matty Cash, it's been um, well talked about how Steven Gerrard, when he was at Rangers, really utilised the fullback. So target and cash could be two good ones to target over those fixtures ignoring the big teams like Liverpool, Chelsea and Man City you've also got games like Burnley, Norwich and even Leicester at the minute in there so if you can find teams that mix well with them in terms of rotating defenders they could be good ones to go with and obviously John McGinn a cheap midfielder if you've got a fifth midfielder spot he plays every week and I think um, it was noted in Gerrard's first game at the weekend he seems to be playing a much more prominent role in that team so I could see him getting maybe a couple more attacking returns, which on top of the the sort of 90-minute bonuses, you can expect from a sort of 5 million midfielder at this point. Moving on to Brighton. 
Um, they're 90 minute men. Trossard has played 10 full games. They're all the last 10 they've played as well. And Alana has played nine. They're the two to target, really. In terms of shots on target, Trossard is top with 13. Solly March is second with six. So a big drop off there after Trossard. And if we look at the last four games, they've had 18 shots on target which is relatively low, but their non-penalty XG is only 3.83, which I think there are only two or three teams that are worse than that. Norwich are, are lower than that, and Everton are. Other than that, it's quite poor, so there's been a bit of a drop-off. They've always struggled going forward, um, but yeah, there does seem to be a, a bit of a lacking attacking intent there for the team. And if we look at their next few fixtures coming up, they've got Leeds at home at the weekend, and then it's West Ham away, Southampton away, Tottenham at home, and Wolves at home. So they're not really playing any of the so-called big teams. Um, but I do, Trossard aside, who is a decent punt in terms of the 90-minute and has lots of shots on target, I don't really think you're going to want any other attacking Brighton assets. Defensively, there could well be some value in people like Dunk. Again, if you can find potentially rotating defenders they could be someone to go with they don't seem to rotate quite well with Villa as we mentioned earlier so when they've got their difficult games Brighton have got relatively difficult games as well so but they're bound to be rotating pairs somewhere in the league and they do look decent at the back they they're one of the the top teams outside the big three really in terms of passing out from the back keeping the ball so I think they could well be ones to target defensively perhaps not in the attack moving on to Brentford uh, Ivan Tony is one of only three players to have played every minute so far this season. Norgard, the cheap central midf- uh, central midfielder, has played 11 of the 12, and Canos has played eight. If we look at the shots on target, Tony has had 12, and Norgard has had seven. And in their last four games, they've had 21 shots on target, and their non-penalty actually is 6.59, which I think is probably looking at it about fifth or sixth. So they're doing well for their um, attacking. Um, intent at the moment and I think I still think Tony I think he's about 50% owning the game I still think he's he's good value in the fact he's still relatively cheap I think he's 6.2 or 6.3 but again he's he played every minute and he loves a shot on target so he's averaging one shot on target a game and he plays every minute so he's starting each game on 3.4 points so it only takes a goal um, every other game really and he, his average per game is really good Norgard as I've said in numerous of these podcasts I think is the perfect 4.5 million fifth midfielder if you if you are playing um, not playing five midfielders which I don't think many people will at the minute because they're probably going big at the back and there are a lack of strikers um, but he's 4.5 he's probably gone up to 4.6 or 4.7 now but as we can see he's played 11 of the 12 games the full 90 and he is second for shots on target for Brentford um, he's the target for the long throws so I think he is a great sort of bench option if anything anyone does drop out, he can slot in and will probably get you three points at least, which is all you want from a £4.5 million midfielder. Moving on to Burnley, uh, their 90-minute men. Westwood, Brownhill and McNeil have all played uh, 11 of the full 90, um, and they just look absolutely nailed each week. Burnley don't tend to rotate their starting 11 much. Um, People like Chris Wood play every week or start every week, but they do tend to come off before the full 90, which doesn't help us with the uh, extra point that we were looking for. In terms of their shots on target, Chris Wood has had the most with 10. And it's uh, Cornet, the uh, new addition, who's had eight. He's second. Over the last four weeks, they've had 22 shots on target, which is about average. And they have got a non-penalty XG of 6.1, which is slightly above average. And considering that they have played uh, Chelsea in that time as well, 
I think they could be ones to look at over the um, Christmas period. If we look at their next few games, they've got Tottenham at home, which, given their recent frailties, isn't that difficult. Wolves away, Newcastle away, West Ham at home, Watford at home. So a really good set of fixtures there. And I think if you're looking to try and get a bit of a leap, um, these players could be ones to go with. You'd probably, although he doesn't play the full 90, you're probably going to be looking at someone like Chris Wood just because of his attacking intent and possibilities there. Um, but obviously McNeil is still quite attacking and Westwood is on corners. Um, so I think they're probably a team that you could look to to target over the next few weeks if you're chasing a little bit with some of your teams. Moving on to Chelsea, um, a team I think probably one of the worst in the leagues in terms of appearances for 90 minutes for any of their players. I think Lukaku has the most. He had six from after he joined straight away, but obviously he's been injured recently. But other than that, no one's got more than six. So they're really not a team to attack for 90-minute men. But we know for Chelsea, it's a lot more than just the 90-minute. It's the attacking and defensive qualities that they have. And again, if we look at the shots on target so far this season, Mount tops it with seven shots on target, which I think, looking down the list, is actually the lowest top um, shots on target score in the whole game per club, if that makes sense. And behind him is Lukaku with six. And I think I've mentioned it on the stream we did with uh, Reese and Jack that they've actually had 18 different players, which is a record for the league, um, different players that have had a shot on target this season. So it's difficult to know exactly who to go for in this Chelsea team. In the last four game weeks, they've had 30 shots on target and their non-penalty actually is 10.01, which is the highest uh, in the league over the last four Obviously, certainly skewed by the uh, Norwich game. I can think off the top of my head where they won. I think it was 7-0 in the end. Um, so that's one to bear in mind. Their games over the next five, they've got United, Man United at home, Watford away, West Ham away, Leeds at home, Everton at home. Again, really, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, on the whole, are fixture-proof in a way. They're just that good, I think. It's a three-horse race for the title this year for me. Um so really, it'll be interesting to see how their injuries clear up. I think Lukaku's close to returning. Werner came on as a substitute yesterday. Um, there's just so many options there. It's difficult to know who to go with. I think you can't look past... Well, you couldn't look past the fullbacks before the game yesterday. Obviously, James and Chilwell were absolutely smashing it up. Chilwell looks to have taken a knock now. I don't know if I'd be as bullish as going for Alonso as a lot of people. I think James, if that's the case, is probably enough. I still rate Chalabar as an option in the fact that he tends to play against the lesser teams. I know he played against Juve last night. He tends to get used in the Premier League in the lesser teams. He doesn't come on um, if he doesn't start. So if he's coming, if he's playing against the lesser teams, he's probably going to get a clean sheet. And then when it, if you start him against the other teams where he doesn't play, if, as long as you've got a strong bench, like even someone like Norgard, you know you're going to have someone half-decent come on and pick you three, four points up. Moving on to one of the surprise packages so far this year in Crystal Palace. Uh, Sahar has played 10 of the 12 games, the full 90s. Second is Gallagher with eight. And in terms of shots on target, both Gallagher has had 11 shots on target so far this season. Benteke is second with eight. Over the last four game weeks, they've had 20 shots on target, which is decent considering they were very low in the rankings in the first few games. And their non-penalty XG is 7.65 which is only, I think it's fourth behind the big three. So I do think they are ones that are really coming into uh, into the league this year. I think Vieira's putting his stamp on the team and I think the way they're playing is creating more chances. They've obviously got people like Eze is due back very soon as well, just to even add further um, attacking 
potential to that team. Their next five games are Villa at home, Leeds away, United away, Everton at home, Southampton at home. I mean, to me, that's a decent set of five fixtures. It's, it's difficult to know exactly who's going to be playing, especially at the moment. I think they've started Ayu and Benteke. Benteke obviously scored twice last game week. But you've then got people like Edouard. You've got Alise, as I said, Eze coming back in. Sahar and Gallagher, I think, are two fairly solid picks. I don't think they're not going to play. I mean, Sahar's on penalties as well from the look of it. I think either of those over the next five weeks could be really good options. Um, and like I say, fourth in the league in terms of non-penalty XG over the last four just shows that they're really going the right way about it. We then move on to Everton. In terms of the 90-minute men, Townsend and Alan have played nine full 90s. Decore is eight. And considering he's been injured for the last four, he was nailed on before his injury. And I think he's due back soon, so he could be one to keep an eye on. They, If you look at their shots on target, this is quite telling, really. Townsend has had 10. Their second place is Calvert-Lewin, who's on seven, and he's only played three games this season. So I think that says a lot about the position that Everton are in currently. Looking at their last four uh, game weeks as well, they've had 12 shots on target in those four game weeks, which is, I think, joint second worst alongside Man United. Um, And their non-penalty XG is 3.56, which is only worsened by Norwich. Um, I think it just goes to show how much they're missing, I think, both to Corey in the last few weeks as well, but also majorly Calvert-Lewin. I think without him, I just don't think Rondon's good enough. Um, and Richarlison, I think, just misses Calvert-Lewin playing alongside him. Um, and if we look at their next few games, they've got Brentford away, which on paper seems an OK game. They've then got Liverpool at home, Arsenal at home, Palace away, Chelsea away. I don't think their games are going to get any easier in the next five. And I would really be targeting them um, in the next few fixtures with teams that are playing against them. Defensively, they don't look great either. Um, so until those two key players come back, I wouldn't be touching any Everton um, for anything. Moving on to Leeds, uh, the best option for the 90-minute points is Stuart Dallas, who's played 11. Calvin Phillips has played 9. Their shots on target, Rafinha's had 12, and then Rodrigo and Click has got 9. They've had 22 shots on target in the last four, and their non-penalty XG is 5.83. So Leeds are a team that were really struggling at the start of the season. And I do think in the last four or five games, they have started to turn it around. They've become a a lot more defensively solid. And they have created a bit more. And this is without probably two of their key players from last year in Bamford and Ayling. I think both are quite close due to return soon. I think there have been pictures of them both in training. The issue is their next three games are half decent. They've got Brighton away, Palace at home, Brentford at home. But then after that, they go into a fixture where they're playing Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool. So really, if you're going to want to get on them, you're going to want them in the next sort of three games, I would say. Um, Rafina is obviously a decent option. But outside of that, if Bamford doesn't come back in in the short term, I think he's probably the only option you'd look at. Defensively, I just don't think with the the injuries they've had, I don't think you really want to be going anyone, near anyone. I think Meslier is not a bad option. Um, but I just feel perhaps people like Sarah and Ramsdale are probably better for slightly cheaper. Moving on to Leicester, um, Vardy and Tiedemans have played the full 90 10 times this year. Uh, Vardy's had 12 shots on target. However, he's had none in the last four games. And Tiedemann and Barnes have both had eight shots on target. In the last four games, they've had 20 shots on target and their non-penalty actually is 5.4. I just... 
their fixtures are quite decent coming up as well. Watsford at home, Southampton away, Villa away, Newcastle at home, Tottenham at home. That seems like a good set of five fixtures to me. But Leicester look out of sorts at the moment. Um, he's Brendan Rodgers is chopping and changing his starting lineup, his formation. I think defensively they don't look great. I wouldn't be going near any defenders. Tielemans, I think, is a big miss. I don't know when he's due back. I think it's going to be at least a couple of weeks still. And Vardy just gone, seems to have gone off the boil a little bit. So as good as those fixtures are, I could I could understand if you're chasing again, but I still don't know who you'd go for outside of Vardy. Um, there's no guarantee anyone like Ian Acho, Dakar, Barnes, Madison, you've got Lookman, Perez. You just don't know who's going to start the games. Um, so I think, for me, I've teams that are doing half decent, I would avoid them. If you are chasing, I can see the upside to going for an attacker. I still wouldn't be going defensively near them because they just do not look solid at the back. I think they're they're missing Fafana. I think they've missed Evans as well during the season. I think he's back now, but I just wouldn't go near them defensively. But fair enough if you want to go for a bit of a punt if you're chasing in any of your uh, any of your leagues that you're in. Moving on to Liverpool. Uh, Salah, again, is one of the only three players that's played every minute so far this season. He's played 12 of the games. Mane has played 11. Uh, and it's Salah, obviously, unsurprisingly, that's had 26 shots on target, which is by far um, the best in the league. Mane has had 16 and Jota has had 11. They've had 25 shots on target in the last four games. And their non-penalty XG is 9.1, which is third behind City and Chelsea. And again, their fixtures coming up. Southampton at home, Everton away, Wolves away, Villa at home. Newcastle at home. It's a great set of five fixtures. We've said they're fixture-proof anyway, but they they look decent, five fixtures. Yeah, I think <clears throat> you can't go wrong with Liverpool at the moment. I think Salah, I think he's about 81% owned in the game, which is is madness. So he's he's essential, really. You, we're playing a 14-man squad at the moment. Um, I think Mane, the double-up, is a great option. Obviously, bearing in mind, come January, the African Cup of Nations, you've got to bear in mind the transfers for those. Um, and even Jota at the minute, I think Firmino's out, although we don't know how long for. Um, and Trent is Trent. I think he, again, is an essential pick at the moment. Um, just for defensively, Liverpool are starting to look quite solid. And I think it was two or three assists in the last game for Trent. I think he's just, defensively, he's just a, an absolute gimme at the moment, really. Um, so, yeah, there's not much more to say about Liverpool, really. Similarly, with uh, Man City as well, they're... They're 90-minute men. Rodri's played 10. Bernardo Silva, 8. The shots on target. A bit like Chelsea in the fact they split them quite evenly. So Hazes and Foden top it with 9 shots on target each. And then it's Bernardo Silva and Cancelo that have had 8. They've had 29 shots on target in their last 4 games. It's only behind Chelsea. And their non-penalty actually is 9.5. Again, only behind Chelsea in the last 4. And again, similarly to Liverpool, I think their next 5 fixtures are... We've said they're fixture-proof, but they're still decent fixtures. They've got West Ham at home, who have been playing well. But then they've got Villa away, Watford away, Wolves at home, Leeds at home. I think potentially the way to go with Man City, if you're chasing a little bit, is to go triple City defence, if you can get there. So like Edison, Cancelo, and then Diaz, or maybe Laporte or Stones. You don't really know who's going to play with those. So Diaz and um, Cancelo is probably the way to go for that. Going forward, <clears throat> it's difficult to know who to actually pick. I think a surprising thing I looked at today, um, Bernardo Silva. He's the 10th high, highest scoring player in the game so far this year across every position. Yet he's only in 3.4% of teams. 
So I think he could be, he's a great differential at the moment. With a good set of fixtures coming up, he could be the way to go, really, if you're chasing a little bit. So going for Cancelo, another defender, and uh, Bernardo Silva could be a, a great a great little way to uh, to get a little bit of a jump on your fellow competitors. Moving on to Manchester United now. They have had Bruno play the full 99 games, Ronaldo in seven. Greenwood has actually had the most shots on target with 13. Ronaldo second with 12. In the last four game weeks, they have only had 12 shots on target, which is the second worst in the league. And their expected uh, goals, non-penalty goals, is 4.83, which is quite low. So I do think, I mean, it's well known, Solskjaer obviously has just lost his job. Um, it'll be interesting to see what sort of new manager bounce they get. Their next few games are, they've got Chelsea this weekend, but then they've got Arsenal, Palace, Norwich, Brentford, Brighton, Newcastle, Burnley, all the way up to sort of the end of the year. So it's a really good set of fixtures. Um, and their players are dropping in price, so they're good value as well. It would just be if they can start to show any sort of attacking um, prowess. Ronaldo's a good option, as ever. I think he he loves a shot on target. Will he play every game over Christmas? That's the sort of to be to be looked at. You've got a lot of games there against teams that are you would think they could get clean sheets, but they just look woeful at the minute um, in defence. People like Varane, Shaw could be good options, but you, you just feel like you're going to need to see something first. So I think for the first couple of games at least, you're probably just going to want to sit and watch to see what they're doing. Moving on to Newcastle. They have had St. Maximan play 11, 90 minutes. Hayden has played eight. It's Wilson and St. Maximan that have topped the shots on target with eight. The last four game weeks, they've had 13 shots on target. And their non-penalty XG is 4.13. So they are at the bottom of the sort of overall stats for the league. But Howe has come in. I do think they're going to be a bit more attacking. I still won't go anywhere near them defensively because I think they'll be leaky. Whether that changes in January with new signings, who knows. But... Attacking-wise, and I think the two players you're looking at really are St. Maximan and Wilson. Something to note for Wilson is he has got four yellow cards, so if he gets another one uh, in the next few games, he will miss a game. If I was going for Newcastle, it would be St. Maximan. Their next few games, you've got Arsenal, Norwich, Burnley, Leicester. After that, they do then have Liverpool, Man City and Man United. So I think the next four are really potentially four games to attack. Um, St. Maxman at the minute is only 6.7% owned, which I think is really good. Um, and he's 14th in at the moment in terms of points scored overall in the league. So I think he's a really good option. Um, and I think especially at the moment with the way I think they will attack these games with Howe, I think he's a great option in the next few weeks. Um, he's only currently 6.7 as a midfielder. So I, for me, I think I will be bringing him into a couple of teams just because... He plays the 90 more often than not, and he just looks the most attacking in that in that forward line. So he'd be my pick in the next few games. Another team with a new manager is Norwich. Um, their best 90-minute man is McLean. He's played 10. Rashika has eight shots on target, Pukey seven. Their last four game weeks have had 13 shots on target, and as mentioned before, they do have the lowest non-penalty XG in the last four of 2.54. Even with Dean Smith coming in, and a reasonable set of fixtures coming up. They've got Wolves, Newcastle, Tottenham, Man U, Villa, West Ham. I just don't think you're going near Norwich players. I mean, I've got I've got Pookie in a couple of teams, but I think there'll be better options coming up over the Christmas period. I think they are a team to avoid. 
Um, they've conceded the most shots on target this season as well, 72, and the most in the last four games with 31. I just don't think you go near them for me. We then move on to Southampton. <clears throat> Adam Armstrong and Ward-Prowse have both played eight of the 12 90-minute games. Armstrong tops the shots on target with nine. Ward-Prowse has got eight and Adam's seven. Again, they've had 13 shots on target, which is low uh, in the league. And their non-penalty XG is 4.79. They, For me, they do seem to have improved defensively recently. I think they've got a settled back four. But I just don't think they create enough going forward for me. Their next game is Liverpool, so not a great game. They've then got Leicester, Brighton, Arsenal, Palace, Brentford. So it's not too bad a, a set of fixtures, but I just don't think you can be assured who's going to start up front. I think Armstrong's dropped in and out every now and then. Adams seems relatively assured. You've then got Brozier as well, who could come in. For me, if you're going to go for an asset, you, you're going to go for James Ward-Prowse. You know he plays the full 90, and I just think he's on penalties, on set pieces, he'd be the way I'd go um, if I was going for anyone from Southampton. Looking at another new uh, manager in the league in Conte at Tottenham. So 90-minute men so far. Hoiberg has missed, I think, just one minute. He's played 11 of the 12. Kane has played 10, Sun 8. In terms of the shots on target, Kane's had 11, Sun 10. But as it's sort of been well documented, they've only had eight shots on target in the last four games, which is the lowest in the league by four. And their non-penalty actually is 4.3. I feel with the Tottenham picks, you are going mainly on fixtures and past achievements for the team. Although they did look a little bit better against Leeds last weekend. But their next fixtures are Burnley, Brentford, Norwich, Brighton, Leicester. They've then got Liverpool, but even then after that they've got Palace, Southampton, Watford. So they do have a really great set of fixtures. It's just, there's not exactly anything to back it up at the moment. You've got Kane, obviously, is the main option. But... I just feel as though until he shows something, you're probably not going to want to go there. I mean, he is 21.9% owned in the game. For me, Son's a great option. He's only 9.7. But he is owned by over a third of the game as well. If you're going a bit further down, I think the two fullbacks um, in Regulon and Emerson Royale could be good options. Regulon has jumped up to 13.8% owned, uh, but Emerson is down at 2%. He's only 4.9 million as well. I think he could be a good way in to that defence. I think they will tighten up at the back with Conte in charge. Um, so if I was going defensively, I would go for him. I'd, I'd still rate Hoiberg. He's 1.2% owned. He's 5.1 million. But again, he is a good fifth midfielder. He plays played every minute bar one, as I said before. He has got a couple of goals as well. So I think he, along with people like Rice, Norgard. Uh, Westwood potentially as well. He's a good fifth midfielder if you are playing sort of big at the back or have got a a strong front three as well. Moving on to the Hornets. um, Watford have just, they've done well. They obviously beat Man U 4-1 last game, but their fixtures coming up in the short term are Leicester, Chelsea and Man City the next three. As good as they have been, I don't think you can go near them. I wouldn't go near them defensively anyway. Um, if you look at the 90-minute men, Saar has played 11 of the 12, Sissoko 9. Saar has had 15 shots on target. Uh, Dennis is second with 10. Uh, they've had 20 shots on target in the last four games, which is decent. And their non-penalty XG is 6.55, which is quite up there as well. But I just think they're coming up against Chelsea and Man City, two of the best defences in the league. 
I wouldn't be wanting them for those games. Like I said, no def- you don't really want any defenders. After the Man City game early December, they then do go into a run of fixtures with Brentford, Burnley, Crystal Palace, Wolves, West Ham, Tottenham, Newcastle, Norwich. Up until the slight break at the end of January, that is a really good set of fixtures. And that could be where you then look at potential attacking options. I think Josh King will be popular. Saar obviously is a decent option, but you've got to bear in mind that within that set of fixtures, that run of fixtures even, he will be going off to the African Cup of Nations. So that is one to bear in mind for that. But I do think they have a great set of fixtures there. Um, Saar is only 11.6% owned. If you look at King, he's only 3% owned at the moment. Um, and he is he's scored 47 points so far this season. So I think he could be a great shout when those fixtures turn. Moving on to the Hammers, um, they have had Declan Rice is the third person that's played every minute so far this season. Suchek is just behind. He's played 11 of the 12 and Fornells has played eight. Antonio and Bowen have both had 13 shots on target with uh, Ben Rama having nine. They've had 18 shots on target in the last four games and their non-penalty XG is 5.66. So West Ham are really an up and down team at the moment. They went and beat Liverpool uh, 3-2, I think it was, um, but then lost 1-0 to Wolves um, in the first game back after the international break. Their fixtures, in the, again, in the short term, they've got Man City, Brighton and Chelsea. So again, a tricky set of three, but then you look after that into December, they've got Burnley, Arsenal, Norwich, Southampton, Watford, Crystal Palace, Leeds and Man U. Again, that, that's a great set of fixtures for me. Um, I would be tempted to swerve them for the next two or three and then get onto them in December. As we've mentioned previously, they've actually got, looking at here, six players in the top 50 point scorers so far this season. You've got Antonio and Ben Rama um, have scored 62 and 58, respectively. But you've then got Jared Bowen scored 61.2 and Fornells has scored 59.5. So both of those two are right in the mix with the other two. And if you look at their ownership, Bowen is 2.7%, Fornells is 2.6%, compared to 49.2% for Antonio, 176 for Ben Rama. For me, if you go going for West Ham assets, I would wait till after the Chelsea game and then get in on either Bowen or Fornells. Um, I think Bowen as well, the stats back him up a bit more in terms of shots on target. And there is a potential if Antonio does get injured or is rested for the all the games in short a period, of time that he could be the sort of the lone striker that would be the way I'd go there you could look defensively at them as well after that that point so Aaron Cresswell he's five and a half million he has scored 42 points so not as good um, you could look at if you're looking for a, if a budget enabler you could look at Ben Johnson he's 4.3 now he has gone up in price but he does seem to be playing quite a few games over Kufau um, so if you do need a bit of a sort of bench fodder there, he could be a good option. But yeah, I really, I really like West Ham, especially after the the next three fixtures. And like I say, I think Bowen uh, going forward will be a really great option. Finally, we go on to Wolves. Um, they're sort of the opposite to West Ham in the fact that they've got Norwich and Burnley next. So any Wolves assets you've got, I'd hold. But their fixtures then turn, and they've got Liverpool, Man City, Brighton, Chelsea in the next four. In terms of the 90-minute men, Jimenez and Neves have both played 10, with Moutinho playing 8. Shots on target, Trincao's had 8, Jimenez 7. They don't have many shots on target, is the problem with Wolves. They've had 15 in the last four games, and their non-penalty actually is 4.4, which is quite low. For me, as we said, they've got two decent games, so I'd hold anyone you've got. 
but after that I'd probably be looking to to take them out I mean I've got Saar in goal in quite a few teams and he scored 52 points so far which I think is decent enough which is ranked 33 overall for points Jimenez is ranked 28 so he's right up there but then you look at everyone else the highest point scorer I think is uh, Connor Cody who scored 38 so there's a big drop off between those two assets and everyone else so for me I would probably be avoiding any Wolves assets after these next two games in the in the mid to long term. Just go through a, a little bit of the ownership stats as well. Um, aware that it's obviously thirty minutes this gone down, so I just looked at those players that have scored really well so far this year, but hadn't um, had that higher ownership. And as mentioned before, Bernardo Silva is tenth overall in terms of the points that he scored. Yet he's only three point four percent owned. If we then look a few a bit further down, Bowen is 15th in terms of points scored. He's only 2.7. Fornells is 18th, 2.6%. You've got Trossard and Tielemans, a 23rd and 24th respectively. They're only 2.7% owned. Obviously, Tielemans is injured currently. We then go down to Hoiberg. He is 32nd in terms of points, and he's only 1.2% owned. And then you've got Declan Rice, who's 41st and 1.6. So I think, do you think there are a few good differentials? As mentioned before, Silver at Man City could be great for a triple up. And Bowen and Fournells, when those fixtures turn, I think could be really good uh, attacking options, different to the more popular Antonio and Ben Rama picks. Others that are less than 1% owned and are in the top 100 point scorers, probably not options at the moment. Um, you've got Rodri, he's 50th. He's only 0.6% owned. He's someone that just ticks over a bit regularly, a bit like your Hoybergs and your Rices. Then you've also got Thiago Silva, Jordan Henderson and Mark Gahey are all in the top 100 point scorers, yet are all under 1% owned. So thanks for listening to this review of the season so far in terms of the fan team stats. We're going to have our YouTube stream on Friday night this week. So it'll be myself, uh, Jack and Reese talking everything relating to the season-long game and the monster coming up for game week 13. We'll also touch on a bit of the, the NFL monster for the weekend as well. We'll also have an article looking at the best monster picks coming out probably on the Friday as well. And then we'll also have a live stream, I think it's on Sunday, um, hosted by Jack, where we'll be going through the NFL best picks for the, the Sunday monster. So thanks again for listening. Take care and see you later.